ASI, episode 104, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. I am your host, Russ Shaw. The War Metaphor, part two. Long term versus short term victory. Commandment Part 4, Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder. Um, This is going to kill me for the rest of my life. That is less than Jake. I love that song. Uh, Welcome. My name is Russ Shaw. This is Episode 104, The War Metaphor Part 2. Doing a Part 2 of The War Metaphor to kind of cover some of the stuff I talked about on the last show. um, As far as what it really means to have long-term victory, long-term victory, where you're not worried about relapsing. That, yes, you're going to have to fight for the rest of your life, but what is that going to look like for the long term? And why do you, why does it, you know, why do I say things like I'm not, I'm a former sex addict, all right? That bothers some recovery people. Um, why do I say things like get to the point where you don't want to? For some of you, that sounds unrealistic, and I realize that. If somebody would have told me that um, ten years ago, I would have said they're full of crap. I don't, you know, I don't understand. Part of that was just my persona, part of who I was at the time, just pushing back. If I didn't understand it, I had an ultimate, I had a, a you know, a reaction. Boom! I would just no. That's Bull crap! I don't believe that. I don't see that. Help me see that. Um, I think is the proper, the right answer, the right answer to have. Um, I want to speak truth to you. Again, <laughs> to that song. Um, is there anyone that'll speak truth to me anymore? There's so much really wimpy Christianity out there and, and really wimpy recovery programs that just want they just want you to feel good. They just want to pat you on the back and give you a cookie and give you some nice mushy mushiness, right? Because that makes me feel good. Warm mush. I just want to lay back and take a bath in it. It just makes me feel good. But it's not going to give you long-term victory. And that's what I want to talk about today. Um, I want to give you some encouragement, man. I know that sometimes I've been dark in this this uh, series of shows of the Ten Commandments, and I I've, I do that because I want you to help help you see where you're at in your heart and who you've become. Uh, 
this is this behavior, this sexual addiction is deep. Um, experts would say, neurological experts would say, it's four times harder to kick than heroin because of the chemicals that are going off in your brain. Um, I want to focus on something a little deeper than that. I want to fuse psychology with theology. I think without theology, you're just going to stay in that labyrinth of self and you just keep going down that little puzzle trying to figure out who you are and you can be doing that for years and it's just tremendously frustrating. Um, I've been there trying to figure yourself out all on your own. Um, The truth is that we are worshipers and I've talked about that a lot that we are continually spending this intellectual, emotional and spiritual energy all the time. It's, It's flowing out of us like a garden hose with no shut off valve. And that is a big part of of theologically looking at recovery, that you are a worshiper, that you are a spiritual being being poured out. This is a heart matter more than it's a behavior matter. You change your heart, behavior follows. And I've said that a hundred episodes, 104 episodes now. But I really want to uh, put some stuff together to help you see really what that means. Also, uh, to introduce myself, my name is Russ Shaw. If you're a first-time listener, if this is the first show you've downloaded, thanks for downloading the show. Um, I'd love to hear from you. My email is russ at asi247.org. Whether you're a short-term listener, long-term listener, I'm going to ask you to reach out in the show. If, if to say anything, but I want to hear from you about your victories. This is something that you can do on the surface to really start looking at, start attacking, start coming after your enemy in this war metaphor, right? It's good to declare war on your enemy. This is an enemy that is destroying your life. It destroys millions of people's lives. Millions, hundreds of thousands of divorces. I mean, taking this thing on, right? So what I want you to think about, what I want you to do is to send me an email and tell me about your victory. Okay, Is it a victory that you've decided to declare war on your enemy? Is it a victory that you've already declared war on your enemy and you've had some victory and you want to talk about that? Some of the greatest emails that I love to get from listeners are, I've gone six months, Russ. It's my year anniversary, man. You know, stuff like that. I've gone a week, Russ. I've gone a week. It's been since last Thursday, and I'm free still, and I just wanted to let you know. All right? I love that, man. That's encouraging. It's encouraging for me to hear. It's good, and it's good for your heart, like medicine for your heart, right? Like eating a banana, okay? Or, or taking a, a, a an aspirin once a day. I don't know. It's just good for that heart flow, that, that getting your your veins to flow from out of, of your heart outward. It's talking about your victory. I've gone a week. I've gone a day. I went through today, Russ. <laughs> went through today, and I didn't fail. I didn't fall. I didn't uh, let this thing overtake me, and uh, I love that stuff. So... Russ at ASI247.org. Also, Facebook. If you're on Facebook, uh, you can friend me on Facebook. I am the Russ Shaw in Seattle, Washington. Um, Or you can go to the website, ASI247.org, and I have a link to my Facebook from there. Um, Lots of resources, lots of stuff on the the website. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But right now, I wanted to focus on the war metaphor and some of the stuff that I set up in the last show. 
last show took me an hour to thread the needle, so to speak, and uh, drain the tub of some of that mushiness that a lot of you have, may have been experiencing. And I did lose some subscribers, man. I'll be honest with you. lost some ratings with the last show, maybe the last couple of shows. Um, and I pray that those people come back. But at the same time, I have to speak some truth, and I know that's going to offend people to the point where they want to run. If that's you, I'm glad you're still listening. Um, at the same time, if you have a, an issue, if you have a problem, if some of this stuff is pissing you off, then don't hesitate to send me an email to talk about that. Don't be afraid to engage me. This is part of the heart condition that I'm talking about. Part of why you're stuck is that it's easy to stay alone and you keeping those thoughts running around in your brain causes that immune neglect, right? That fast, cheap, and easy way of thinking that doesn't include others to speak into your life. I'm serious about that, man. If, there's, if, if I'm ticking you off, if I'm making you mad, please have the courage, have the freaking gall, have the guts, have the gonads, all right, so to speak, in blue-collar language, to engage me, okay? ASI247.org. And again, this is engaging me, and some of this changes the direction of the show. I pray, and I get down, and I talk to you. I put my voice out there, and... Uh, a lot of it is engaging, and a lot of it is speaking back to you. I would love to sit down, have coffee with you, just sit across the table from you. That's the cooler way to do this. It's weird talking to so many different people, so many different worldviews um, doing this show, but we all have the same um, heart condition, right? Having this sexual addiction, having a, a, a wanting to learn sexual ethics for a lot of you. some of, There's people that listen that aren't sex addicts, but they're trying to learn real sexual ethics. Um, teenagers, uh, the teens that listen, teensagainstporn.com, great website. You want to check that out. Some of the folks on the message boards who, who listen to the show, um, want to give a shout-out to them. But uh, it, it's setting up for yourself a, a system, uh, uh, what are sexual ethics, right? That's part of why there's so much pain in the world is because we can't figure out how to love each other. Man and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, what does that all mean? How does it come together? And is there really a God who oversees it, who created it, who made it, who loves us, who, who draws this analogy of intercourse, right? Wanted to give a shout out to our men and women serving overseas in the armed forces, whatever country you're in, uh, our troops here in the United States who are in Afghanistan and Iraq, and me talking about this war metaphor and the Sixth Commandment, is there an exception to the Sixth Commandment, thou shalt not kill? Well, yeah, in war, and that has to do with authority, and that has to do with um, cultivation. Right, cultivating our culture, cultivating and keeping safe a culture. Part of that is going to war, seeing a, seeing a, an enemy, seeing a threat that's trying to come in to your right to your garden that you're trying to cultivate your culture, your society, and having to deal with that. I'm not going to talk about the political ramifications of the war in Iraq or Afghanistan. Um, but I will talk about the metaphors of war 
on the sexual ethic, on sexual addiction. Addiction is a habit that you can't control on your own. Let's get back to that. We'll talk about what addiction means. Use that word a lot. Our culture uses that word a lot. But it, it's been kind of surfaced up, right? Um, addiction is that. It's a bad habit, all right? We don't need to get 16 books on psychology to figure out that an addiction is simply a bad habit that's very, very hard to break. And I wanted to draw this analogy, and I, and I talked to my friend, uh, one of the friends of the show, a guy I've been speaking with for years, a guy that sent donations to keep the show rolling. Um, great guy, love this guy. We'll call him Mr. J. Just got back from Afghanistan. This guy is a fighter. This guy is a warrior, all right? He doesn't need a gun. He could kill me with his bare frickin' hands, all right? That's just the truth. <laughs> um, my... Uh, my friend, I asked him, I said, what does this mean, this air war and ground war? I've heard this talked about a lot when it comes to preaching the gospel, when it comes to in business, they use this analogy. And so I asked him, I said, what does this mean to um, have a, you know, when they send troops in with, you know, they drop them from high altitudes and they, what do, what do they do? Are they like, you know, they infiltrate from the inside or what does that mean? And he said, basically these reconnaissance missions. They'll drop troops in, and, you know, five or ten of these elite guys, they'll, they'll drop them in from, you know, huge altitudes, and they'll parachute down, and they will gather intelligence for the battle, right? And they'll, these guys will come back somehow, and they'll get back, and they'll report what they've found on the ground, so that when the air war comes in, when the troops come in, when they insurge, Right, they they know what to attack. They know how to be effective in their war. Ground war makes an effective air war. If you're going to bomb somebody, you need to know what to bomb and where to go after. Right? Does that make sense? If you're going to fight your enemy, you need to know where to hit them, where it's going to hurt the most. And as far as sexual addiction is concerned, this is something that I I talk about a lot, and I wanted to bring this together to maybe bring some clarity to the gray. What I talk about with being a heart issue versus a behavior issue. I've gotten to arguments and, and discussions with recovery people over this for years. What does it look like to call myself an ex-addict? What is it what does it look like for for alcohol, right? Yes, there's some of you that shouldn't drink, but is alcohol evil? No, no, alcohol's not evil. God made alcohol. Psalm says that God made the wine that gladdens the heart. It's God's idea. Problem is, we use it to numb ourselves. We use it to, to cover some pain, and it becomes alcoholism. Right? Going back to the first commandment. We worship a created thing over the creator God who made that thing for us to enjoy and to gladden our heart. Sex is the same way. So how do you attack sexual addiction? Um, I think that a lot of people have mis- taken the 12-step system, and I'm not saying that 12-step is bad for sexual addiction. It can be a very good system of discipline or discipleship, um, celebrate recovery. There are some 12-step uh, <sighs> sexual addiction groups. Some of them I like, some of them I don't. Um, but th- there is a, th- that is a good way of discipleship. But Again, I'm going to go for the, the heart issue. I'm going to go for the ground war. I want to get troops on the ground, figure out where to attack first. Um, steps 
are great, but when you get hung up on a step and you can't go to step five because you're hung up on step four, there's a problem, there's an issue. That that step is so hard to overcome that you can't overcome your sexual addiction. You feel like that being hung up on a step. And I want to talk about why that happens. Part of our, our church, marshillchurch.org, where I go to church in Seattle, we have a thing called Redemption Groups. It's not based on steps. It's based on the book of Exodus and uh, right, seeing God setting the, the slaves free, the captives free. Uh, but at the same time, yes, I, I agree with both. I like Redemption Groups. I like the steps, discipleship. But why do we get hung up? Why do we not want to take on this enemy with as much verve and as much passion as we should? Right? Why is that? I think this has to do with so much history of recovery being um, this air war. Right? Back uh, here in the United States, back in the, the 90s, I believe it was, issues with Saddam Hussein and all that. We just sent a bunch of planes in to bomb him from, we'll show you, right? Sent planes in to bomb a bunch of targets that really weren't that effective. Made it look like we're doing something, okay? But did we do anything effective? No. Not at all. And I think there's a lot of that out there. We take, we, we go to a war, we get passionate about it. Yeah, I'm going to take on this thing, man. I'm going to overcome this thing. I'm going to go after it right now. And we run after it with as much passion as a dog running after a fire truck, right? The problem is that, you know, we have that, about that much thought into it, about that much heart energy <laughs> into it. And, of course, the, what would a dog do with a fire trucker if he got it? That's what my question is. They get so passionate. They're so, anyway, chase it off. That's what they're doing, Russ. Um, why a ground war is so important is what I've talked about for years in this show, what I want you to understand, what I want you to get in your heart, why you need to send troops into the point that you need to find Recovery. You need to find peace. You need to get it in your heart. Because just attacking the behavior, just focusing on behavior modification, is not going to set you free long term. I've seen it over and over again. For some of you, it may. All right. There's some of you who it may. You may be varsity at controlling your behavior, keeping things out. I know a guy who will not get an iPhone because he doesn't trust himself. Um, I think that's a little weird. I think that you should get to the point where you can have an iPhone because you don't want to go to that sinful, disgusting thing that you know is destroying yourself and other people. I, I, I just think that's goofy. Long term. Long term, I think it's goofy. Short term, yeah, don't get an iPhone. Take your iPhone back to the store. Get, take the chip out of it. And get a, a standard phone for a while, if that's a temptation for you. But, ultimately, I want you to have an iPhone. <laughs> I want you to have an Android phone. I have an Android phone now. When I was a sex addict, I would have loved this thing. I'm not a sex addict anymore. I don't look at porn on my Android phone. I don't have to worry about it, because I don't want to. I don't have a special cap. Like I don't have to lock antifreeze in my basement. 
to keep me from drinking it because I know it's not a good thing to drink antifreeze. Does that make sense? And for some of you, please, russ at asi247.org. If you think this is unrealistic, please email me and let's talk about it. Because you just saying that, for example, that's just an example of many things. For you just to say that, I'm not going to get an iPhone because I might look at porn at it, on it. And to, to keep that as your worldview for the rest of your life, I think, is ridiculous. It lacks a long-term focused ground war type of plan. It's all air war. It's not dealing with your heart at all. And I know this may ruffle some feathers, but it is not real heart-level repentance. I know that might tick some of you off. That's the truth. You're repenting of your behavior. You're not repenting of your want-tos. Another one is... uh, fighting, right, just this mindless running after this war without any intelligence on the ground. Another one is knowing that you need um, groups, knowing that you need to talk with other people, knowing that you need to open up to other people, but but then putting that all on them. Like, I tried to reach out to this person and he didn't email me back right away. Um, I tried, I went to the, the church and nobody shook my hand or said hi to me, so this must not be the church for me. These people aren't very friendly. Um, I went to a group and people weren't kind of weird and they weren't very nice and, and nobody, me, me, I, I, me, right? It's getting outside yourself. It's being a friend to others and being able to be vulnerable and share yourself with them despite the fact that they are sinful, imperfect, jacked up human beings. If you go to a church and people greet you, that's great. There's some churches that are so starved for people, right? They'll, hey, there's a new person. Everybody will just gang you. <laughs> it's like, hey, buddy, you know, everybody shaking your hand. It's just a little weird, you know, be honest with you. Uh, I, I don't know. Those churches are kind of strange. I, I would be afraid of a church that hasn't had a lot of people, that doesn't have a lot of, you know, because they that's part of their theology. A lot of them. I don't know. Some of them, good hearts. Some of them, they just try and keep everybody in this little weird Christian subculture. So when I tell you to get a church, be discerning about that, okay? Don't just jump into, a, you know, I, I, I pray that you wouldn't find a, a group of religious people and become like them because... That doesn't help anyone, including yourself, your future wife, your current wife, your kids. Become a stuffy, self-righteous, religious person. Don't do that. Right? Does that make sense? So, I've wrote some things down about this. Um, Took some notes on this. What is the air war and what is the ground war? Um... Air war and ground war. I happen to have this on a, a sheet of paper. You can go to the website, asi247.org, if you want to download it, hang it on your wall, look at it, fold it up, put it in your wallet, uh, take a copy of the PDF and keep it in your phone. I don't, I don't know. Your computer, look at it a lot. It's something you can go back to to help refocus you, help you see. So here you go, something more focused that you can understand Um, Air war and ground war. Action and heart. Ending the sixth commandment on an encouraging note. It's not what you do, but it's who you are. Who you are changes what you do from the inside out. 
Air War is seeing a hostile area flying in to attack it from the air to declare war on the enemy, right? That rushing in. It is air, Ground War is getting to the hostile area and dropping troops to gather intelligence about it from the ground. Air War, having the courage to take action. Ground War, having the courage to let Jesus change my heart from the inside out. Air War, this, is, this sin is killing me, my family, and my relationship with others. I am going to attack the problem behavior. Ground War, this sin is not something I can simply quit doing. It's someone I've become. Air War, is coming up with a game plan to take on my enemy. It's a good thing. Ground War, is saying goodbye to my best friend. Realizing and admitting the reason it today is my enemy is because over time it was my friend for so long. Air War. I need to pray, but to who? It's realizing we do not have the power to overcome our addiction without seeking truth from a higher power. Ground War is realizing I'm a created being and that there is a creator. I'm a spiritual being constantly being poured out all the time. I'm a worshiper always spending emotional, intellectual, and spiritual energy like a hose with no shutoff valve, ongoing, without ceasing. Air War is fighting to avoid my triggers. Ground War is facing the fact that I am triggered and asking why sometimes... I'm so thirsty to be triggered. Air War is a choice to commit to the process. Ground War is getting back up when you get knocked down. Air War is disciplining me to get out of my comfort zone and attending a church or going to a Bible study and seeking fellowship with imperfect redeemed people. Ground War is realizing my addiction is an authority I submit to going back to the fifth commandment, right? You are under authority. It's part of why we're addicted. Um, anyway, and realizing Jesus is a friend, not a foe, I can invite in the loving, redeeming God, the Holy Spirit, to take up residence in my heart. Air War. Having the courage to be known and committing to get an accountability partner. Ground War is being a loving, vulnerable friend to another blood-bought brother or sister, if you're a female, in Christ, and together sharing honestly what it's like to follow Jesus. Air War is responding to the call to make a change and doing the things it takes to change. Ground War is opening my eyes, splashing on the cold awakening water and waking up to the fact what I do will spring out of who I'm going to be today. After writing this, I got uh, Pastor Mark's book, um, Radical Reformation, Reaching Out Without Selling Out. It's a book that Pastor Mark of Mars Hill Church wrote um, talking about the mission of Mars Hill Church talking about his right reformation theology um, being a reformed on mission um, for Jesus in, in the city, in our culture um, 
a great book. I've been encouraged to read it for a long time. Finally, uh, downloaded it, listening to it. it it's awesome. And uh, yes, we agree on a lot of stuff. That's why one of the reasons why I go. It was a listener to this podcast that turned me on to Mars Hill Church that said, "Hey, you sound a lot like Mark Driscoll." And I started listening, and I started going. I'm, I'm, I'm a member of Mars Hill Church now. Um, but it's not just that, but he's teaching me stuff that is really what's in my heart. And one of the things that part of my relationship with God, part of my understanding the gospel, it was through the process of overcoming this addiction. Um, it went from curiosity to contempt and to conversation. Um, that's why I talk about reaching out. That's why I talk about getting involved, getting in a church, talking to people. Curiosity. Okay, this is making sense. I want to learn about this. I want to know who is Jesus. I mean, if he's not religious, if, if, if religious people killed him, then maybe some of the stuff I, I believed about religion and Christianity are wrong. So I'm curious about him figure out who this God is that would come into his own story and save me. Um, I'm curious about that. So I was curious about that. And then contempt. I had contempt based on my upbringing, based on what I knew, based on what I knew about Christians and Christianity and, and you know, politics and, and stuff like that. I had contempt for Christians and Christianity. I didn't understand what the gospel was. Gospel isn't about religion. It's news. Um, so curiosity to contempt to conversation, to talking about it, getting it out of you. This is conversion. On the first show, I did the sinner's prayer because I was excited. I didn't really know much better, but that's one of the things I did. Your conversion, the sinner's prayer, that's what I was taught growing up, and maybe that's why God was following me all my life and God never let me go. It's not that I found God or was seeking God, but he was seeking me and found me. Right, That doesn't have to do with a sinner's prayer. That doesn't have to do with a little prayer that you say once, like an incantation to call God into, you know, saving you. God's already after you. This process is conversion, right? So, curiosity, contempt, conversion. Via talking to people, we can get your questions answered, via... I'm not here to shove the Jesus pill down your throat. Something that my Pastor Mark says in, the, in this book is uh, he doesn't believe in shotgun weddings to Jesus, right? You say the sinner's prayer, and now you have to do a bunch of stuff you don't want to do, like listening to lame music and watching lame films because garbage in, garbage out, right? That is such a stupid, unbiblical, self-righteous garbage in, garbage Like our music is better than your music. We have Christian music. All right, it's not pure, it's not holy, it's just a different genre of music. And and frankly, it's lame, and we don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, nobody, I mean, uh, I don't know. Just, but just take that as it may. That's part of self-righteousness, and self-righteousness is the worst. But it's kind of like that. That's what a lot of churches have taught, and they try to put you in the subculture. And if you don't like the subculture, then it's like a shotgun wedding to Jesus, right? Just smile for the picture and look happy. You know, when you know you're not. But it's meeting up with, and the point of all this is meeting up with this longing that we all have to be to be clean, right? That part of why we're, we're chasing karma or, or things like uh, 
you know, Oprah saying Ryan Max of kindness and stuff like that. It, it makes so much sense to us because we feel that longing in us to feel clean. We want to be clean. There's a longing in our hearts that's, that says I'm broken and I need help. And Jesus takes us and fills us and makes us clean by what he did. And over time, that grows in what's called delayed sanctification, right? We, be, we start to become sanctified. We start to become clean over time by changing who we are from the inside out, right? Sin is not something you do. It's who you are. It's who you become. It's part of your identity. And we will all have sin to deal with for the rest of our lives. It's inside of us. You are, this is going to kill you for the rest of your life, like that Less Than Jake song says. But that's the good news. That there's part of you that's dying and there's part of you that's growing into life. It's called the, the, the process of sanctification and it comes from the inside out. It, 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 it is changing who you are without you having to white knuckle through it. With, with having your addictions fall off you like a dog sheds hair. That's true, man. That can happen because we love Christ and he loves us and he enters into us via the Holy Spirit. That is theology. That is the theology under the psychology, the surface psychology that we just attack with psychology and more psychological things and more pop psych, right? The new popular thing. Well, I'll learn that and maybe that'll fix me. No, it won't. Because inside, you're yearning. You're pouring out all of the time. You need Jesus. Jesus fills your heart with truth. As, as far as religion's concerned, it's not the easiest religion. It's the hardest. People will say, Pastor Mark said that too, but people will say, you know, oh, well, yeah, it's just the easy religion because Jesus does it all for you. Jesus forgives you. And it doesn't matter what you do because Jesus forgave you. And no, no, that's true. You can't lose your salvation. But that's work that God does in your heart. Right? If you just keep on sinning with just, oh, well, I got grace, that can be a religious thing. Because it has no collision with the heart. If you're not seeing any victory, if you don't feel even remorse for the things you do, feel conviction, I pray that you get this. Grace, it's, it's not the easiest, it's the hardest because God does it because it's a relationship with God because He's your Father. You love Him. He loves you. He's rooting for you he's disciplining you because he loves you and he's pulling you towards himself God loves us Jesus is the proof of that the bloody blood stained cross is the proof of that and part of it is our self righteousness grace just isn't fair we look at other people we don't look at our own blood bought situation, right? And that through overcoming our own self-righteous attitudes, right, we we become knit into a new family of blood-bought people who know they're imperfect and who are being sanctified as well. And the, yeah, they're partlets for family, man. It's not going to be all rosy and peachy, and it's not going to be about you. You're going to have to be a friend. It's that old 
cliche adage, right? You want friends? Then be one. The vitamin to make more friends? Be one, right? Be a friend. And I'm not saying you get rid of your old friends. You may have to put boundaries between you and those friends, but I'm saying you you keep those relationships and love those people, but having friends that are grounded, that have roots that go deeper down into the ground than your current friends do. They're grounded and based in something. So, yes, get new friends, but keep your old friends. Just, you you know what I'm saying? Make sure that you love them and maybe have distance between them, but you still keep those friendships open. Because it's having relationships with people who are reconciled to God like you are when you become a Christian. Check this out. This is 1 Corinthians uh, 6, 9 through 11 from the message version. Don't you realize that it is not the way you live? Unjust people who don't care about God will not be joining in his kingdom. Those who use and abuse each other, use and abuse sex, use and abuse the earth and everything in it, don't qualify to be citizens of God's kingdom. A number of you know from experience what I'm talking about. For not so long ago, you were on that list. Since then, you've been cleansed, right, up and given a fresh start by Jesus, our Master, our Messiah, and by our God, present in us, the Spirit. That's that's the Holy Spirit present in us. Does that mean you're perfect overnight? Does that mean everything changes for you overnight? That you're you're blood bought. This is who some of you were, right? You were on that list. That was who you were. But having this heart condition that comes into your heart, that changes who you are, changes what you're based on. Realizing this relationship with God. Second Corinthians five, fourteen through twenty one. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. This is going to kill me for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's less than Jake's song. I love that. Verse 16, moving on. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making God, making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Gifted righteousness, reconciled to God. It's not just forgiveness, it's reconciliation. We've been brought back into relationship with God via what Jesus did. That last verse, 
for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's not based on what you do. It's based on what Jesus did. It's a big difference between religion and the gospel, the good news. That's why I do this show. That's why I pick up this mic. That's why I have such a passion to love on you because I've been where you are, right? I've been where you're at. I know what you're going through. I know how hard it was for me. It was had this grip on me deeply, deep hooks way deep inside me, stubbornly committed and sucked into this thing on a heart level. I, that's who I was. I was wrought with sin. I still am a sinner, but I'm not an addict, a sex addict, right? Yes, sinful Yes, I'm working on a lot of different stuff. Not a sex addict anymore. Free of that by the glory of God. And I wanted to do an announcement because I felt God um, pushing me in this direction. Um, people encourage me to read this book, listen to this book. I, I, um, but being called to do this. I have a, a unique situation in my job because I'm self-employed and because I can actually buy time away from my job to, to do this. Um, I'm on five hours of sleep right now. I, uh, I work hard. I have this business and I do this and I'm feeling God wants me to, to talk about this, to show signposts, to um, talk about how I'm reconciled, to, to show people that there is light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not always a train, okay? So, um, again, I'm asking for donations. Uh, Russ at ASI247.org is the website. I'm actually doing a, uh, a, a, a auction. <laughs> I'm doing a, I have all this bamboo in my backyard. I have this bamboo plant, and it starts to spread, so I pull up the roots, and I put them in pots, and they start to grow. And uh, it's it's fall here in Seattle and I have to I have to get rid of them or else they're going to die if it freezes um, it's okay for them to freeze as, as long as they're in the ground or you bring them inside but that's what I'm doing I'm, selling, I'm auctioning off some of this bamboo as kind of an analogy as a metaphor to growing in sanctification to growing in grace faith grows repentance delayed sanctification it grows it doesn't happen overnight takes time. It takes watering it. It takes giving it food, right? It takes spending, having some care, actually making an effort, not just to give it sunlight, right, but to give it water and and food and nutrients. It grows, and it'll grow. But as far as the the bamboo is concerned, in that metaphor, um, whether you bid on it, whether you buy it or not, that's not the point. It's really understanding and learning that this is a process. And I love you guys. I want you to see that it grows. That it became an addiction slow over time. And it will become sanctification. It's going to take time. Doing something is that. It's cultivation. It's sanctification. It's a cleansing in the heart. It's, it's a growing from the inside out. And yes, I'm selling it to, to buy back time to commit to this show. To 
spread this message, to get into some churches and talk to some people. Um, I also wanted to turn you on to a website that I, I found. Um, if you're in or if you know people who are stuck in one of these legalistic, um, godless kind of churches that are stealing life from people, there's a ministry out there to help some of those churches. It's called recoveringlegalists.org. <laughs> so wanted to throw that out there. Give those guys a shout out. Um, again, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, for all your help. Thanks for the emails. Again, send me email. Victories. I want to hear about your victories, even if it's one day, even if it's one week, even if it's a decision that you've made um, to pursue send me your email russ at asi247.org friend me on facebook however you want to do it I love you guys and uh, again until next time Still alive